be a song that the captives can yet sing But if we sing long enough, you might join in with us This may be a dance that's too heavy for those chains But if we dance long enough, well the prisons will open up hey! A shout that those fragile lungs can't bear But if we shout long enough Well, the wall might finally fall And they may need some help to lift their hands up in the air But we know the freedom's coming So we'll sing it all the more We're singing
praise you, we worship you, we make room for you in this place, Holy Spirit, to do what you want to do. Father, a lot, of th- a lot of times in life when, when we're organizing things, when we're moving things around, we, 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 we shift different things in an area and we, and we plug things in to make more room for things. But right now, Father, there's times that we just need to clear everything out and make room for whatever you want to do, God. We're not talking about organizing boxes or organizing our refrigerators. We're talking about clearing out everything in our lives that needs to be cleared out to make room for you to do what you want to do, God. And Lord, we praise you. We worship you right now, Father. Clean out the stuff in us that needs cleaned out, God. Shift our focus off the things, Father, that are not eternal and put them on you, Father. Make room. We are making room for you, God. Praise you. We worship you, Father. We lift up your name in this place, God. You speak to hearts right now, Father. Soften hearts that have been hardened. Break up that ground, God, that needs broken up inside hearts in this place. Father, that we would just come to a place where we just cry out to you. Father, maybe we don't ever do things like that. We've never done anything like that, God. But as you're breaking up that, that hard ground of our hearts, God, Lord, I pray you pour in your Holy Spirit and let something new grow inside of us. I just praise you, God, for who you are. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. And I thank you, God, that we are always, always, always welcome home. Praise you for who you are, God. Do what you want to do through your word today, God, and bring those prodigals home to you this morning. We praise you and we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Please, please uh, turn around, tell somebody you love them and they're glad, that you're glad they're here today. my goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel in this place right now. I thank you for giving singers that are anointed and musicians that are anointed to play and sing for you. Usher us into your presence. We love you, Lord. We praise you for who you are. I'm so thankful that God's on our side in the midst of everything that we go through, in the midst of what this world's turning into, that we have a rock in Jesus that is, that is right there with us through these, th- these things and speaking life into us. Oh, God's good. You can't just, I mean, if you walk in this place right now, you can't help but feel God's love. Uh, if, you've, if you've come in recently and you haven't felt that, come talk to me. 
If, if you've not sensed that from people that you've come in contact with in here, come talk to me. Because um, sometimes people need discipling, whatever that looks like. But I, I know without a shadow of doubt that God is here, that every time we walk in this place, that you can feel his love and the energy and excitement that that brings. And I'm so thankful that we get to meet together as a church body and encourage one another and worship together every week. Amen. Amen. From death to life today, but before we get started, I want to show a video real quick, and then we'll get into the message this morning. From death to life. Welcome home. We're going to be in Luke 15 this morning, and I'm not going to jump in there right away, but that's where we're going to be at. Very familiar story of the prodigal son, but I want to just open up with uh, asking you a question. Let me go to this side. Sometimes people tell me I walk to that side a lot, so I'll start over here. (laughs) But uh, I want to start with a question. Have you ever done anything, and I know this answer already before I even ask, have you ever done anything that you regretted? (laughs) Somebody said, oh yeah, every day, every single day. But or something that you did that you, that you look back and you know that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I knew better, um, but I did it anyway. You know, for us, Sarah and I in our marriage early on, I had this wild hair that we were going to own this business, self-employed, and I was gonna, we were going to run this videography business for graduations and weddings and whatever else. And... <laughs> It was a mistake. <laughs> we realize that now. I realize that now. Uh, we, we spent a lot of money on some equipment that was becoming quickly outdated. And I was behind as soon as I started. And that was a, it was a hard season in our marriage early on. Um, but I'm so thankful that God's still faithful, even when we make those mistakes, that God still takes care of us, um, that God allows do-overs, and U-turns and, and redos and all that stuff. He, he lets us have these second, third, fourth chances, multiple chances to, to get things right and get turned around back where he would have us to be. And that goes along with this, this passage this morning, the story this morning of the prodigal son. And uh, if you're a Christian, you've been in this a while, you know this story. Um, if you're not, I'm going to summarize it a little bit for you. This man had two sons. And one of the sons decided that he wanted his inheritance now, not, he didn't want to wait till his father was dead. He was pretty much saying, I, I wish you were dead so I could have my stuff now. So the father agrees to give this son his inheritance and his money and, and let him have it and, and do what he wants to do with it. And this son takes it and he goes out and just lives it up. Does whatever he wants to do, spends his money on whatever he wants to spend it on. And he's just having a blast. Now, for me, for a lot of people in here, we have done things in our lives that are kind of like this, that we go and do what we want to do. We don't care what God says. We don't care what the Father says. We just want to do what we want to do. We want to live it up. We want to make our own choices. A lot of times this happens between 16 and 24-ish teenagers. We don't want to listen to mom and dad. We don't want to listen to reason. We don't want to listen to God. And we just do what we want to do. So this, this young man finds himself doing that and he's having a great time. Sin is fun for a season, I'm sure, right? But it has its consequences. 
So after he's living this life and having this great time, he runs out of his money. He runs out of this inheritance. He has nothing left. And when he gets to this point, obviously he, he doesn't have anything to spend. He can't live it up. He can't do what he wants to do. So all of his friends, you know, when you have money and things are going great, you got a lot of friends. When you have nothing left and you're struggling, you find out who your friends really are. And he gets to this point where he's alone, has nothing left, he's alone. And he goes to this pig farmer. And, and, and at least, you know, he could, he could have this job, have something to do. And he's feeding pigs. That's what he's come down to. He's left his, his father's place where he had everything he needed in abundance. And he's now slopping the pigs, feeding the pigs out there with them. And that's where he finds himself now. Because he wanted things his way. He wanted to do things his way. And when he gets to this point, and I can just picture him in the mud and the muck and, and feeding these pods to the pigs, and he, and he comes to this realization in his mind, pretty much what am I doing? How did I get here? And it's at that moment in this story, as you read it, that he changes his mind about what he wants to do. And he decides that he, he works up this apology in his head, like, you know, I'll just go back and even just be a servant at my father's house because they even have it better than this. So I'll just come back and ask him if I can be a servant. And so we open up with Luke 15, verse 20 this morning. As he, as he changes his mind in the pig pen, and he says this in Luke 15, 20. So it says, he, so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. That right there is the gospel of Jesus. That each of us, at one point or another, maybe right now, right here this morning, we have chosen our own ways, we've ignored what God said, we've ignored the words of, of the Bible, and we've done our own thing, but then we came to this realization that I'm empty. There's something missing in my life. And the gospel of Jesus is just like this story that we turn from those things and God runs to us and wraps his arms around us and says, I have a plan to redeem what you're going through. I have a plan to redeem what you're struggling with. I have a plan to forgive you of everything that you've been doing. And there's a love through my son, Jesus, that you can experience. And this story brings that out. And, and we all know this story. Like I said before, even if you have never attended church, you've heard the term prodigal. When, when somebody says that, you understand what it means. You may have even, as I'm opening this up and talking this morning, you may even have somebody that comes to your mind right now. Probably not in your family because yours is perfect. But you thought of somebody else's kid maybe. And you thought, man, they're a prodigal. I mean, they're out doing whatever they want to do, just living it up. They've turned their back on God. And we all, you might have thought of somebody right there in your mind. You know, they just ran from God and did whatever the world would have them to do. Sister so-and-so's kid, man, they're in a mess. 
I sure hope they come back. And we think about those things. And I got to thinking about prodigal and really just, you know, you know what it means as far as the story goes. But looking it up, I'll have the definition on the screen. It means spending resources freely, recklessly, extravagant, having or giving something on a lavish scale. And as I look at this and you think about this, you know, he was spending, the, the son was spending his resources freely, recklessly, just doing whatever he wanted to do. But as you look at this story of what, how the father reacted as his son came home, you can almost call this story the prodigal father. Because he was going to give his resources freely to his son, recklessly, extravagant, lavish him with kisses and hugs as he came back from what he was dealing with and going through. So this fits for the father as well that he was going to recklessly love him, extravagantly love him, and, and lavish him with things as he came home. Prodigal father. 1 John 3.1 speaks of this. See what great love the father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. God lavishes his love over us, on us, through us, in us, because we're his children, and he loves us. And Jesus came to show us the heart of God. You know, and this morning, some people struggle with how they see God. They do. I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the years. Some people say, you know, God should, if, if God was real and God was love, why would all this bad stuff happen? Why would I have to go through this? That's their perspective. Some people say God's just up there, you know, just punishing people and, and doing these things and hurting people. And, and they get this perspective of God that does not line up with the word of God. And, 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 we, and we struggle with these things sometimes in this perspective that we have, like, no, he doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about what I'm struggling with because if he did, then he would help me out of it. And some of us in here this, this morning, this is our story as well. We say these things. And I'm here to tell you, like I said earlier, we're all prodigals. We've all chosen our own way at one point or another and turned our back on God. And if you don't want to admit that, that's an issue because we're all prodigals. We're all this person in the story at one point or another. We either were prodigals, we are, or we may become prodigals. Even if you're sitting in here right now and things are going well with you and God, you may turn your back on God next week and be in the same story and choosing what you want to have and being selfish in that instead of what God would have for you. That's all of us. All of us. And, and we can find ourselves living in a season where God doesn't want us to be. And before this passage, you know, right before the story of the prodigal son, there's two other parables that's talked about. The 99 to find one. The shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one that's straight away. The one that's left the flock. And, and some would say, that's reckless. Why would he do that? Well, first of all, there's strength in numbers. So the 99 have strength together. The one wandering aimlessly has no one to come after them. They're out there struggling. And so he leaves to go find the one. And I'm so glad that he came and found me and searched me out and searched you out and didn't give up on me. So thankful that, and then the lost coin, right in the next, the next parable it talks about, this lady loses one of her coins and she's searching everywhere for it, high and low. And when they finally found it, she, she celebrates and has this party that she's found the coin that was lost because it meant so much to her. We mean so much to God. 
all of us, that he will seek and pursue us. And all he's waiting on is that moment where we turn around and surrender back to him and then he scoops us up. I love that he's a gentleman too. God doesn't force himself on you. If you keep running, you can keep running. He's not gonna force himself on you. But as soon as you turn around and say, God, I need you, I surrender, boom. Welcome home. Welcome home. We may have known the Lord at one time this morning, but maybe we're not serving him like we used to, or right now we're in the middle of something very difficult and we've, and we've turned our back on him for the moment. We're struggling, we're hurting. We're running the opposite way of our father right now. And some of you say, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing that, I'm here at church. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in this room right now. A lot of people come into church every, I mean, it matters, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people come into church and leave unchanged. They come in with hurts, they come in with sin, and they walk out with it as well because they won't surrender. They won't push pride to the side and say, I need you. And they keep walking in the same thing that they keep showing up to church every week, but they won't let God penetrate their heart. They won't come home. And for myself, anybody ever dealt with, dealt with this before? Some people will walk into the church every week with guilt or shame over something they've done and they keep it and they keep it and they keep it and they keep it and they just keep walking around with this heaviness. How about this one? This one hits close to home for me and I shared about this this morning. Every day you wake up, this is your story. Every day you struggle with this. This was me. If I don't let God transform my mind every day, this could be me again. And I understand there's things that happen in our minds and there's imbalances. What I'm trying to tell you is when you come home to the Father, He helps you through these things. And He walks beside you through them. This was reality for me. I walked around with this for so long through school, through church, every single week and put on this face when I came in like everything was fine, but inside I was dying. That was me. And with that, you feel this. Even though, oh, you're one of the funniest people and you got all kinds of friends. Nope, this was my reality. Isn't it great when you can just put on a mask and be fake? We all do it. We all struggle with it. This was me. Again, not what God would have for me. But this is what I chose to embrace instead of turning and coming to the Father. Aaron, stand up. I know I use you a lot for illustrations. Get back there by the door. Still happening. Not for Aaron, for people that come into the building. Still happening. Every week, we raise our hands and we're, and we're trying to worship to put on a good show for everybody, but every week, 
This is still part of our lives. Too much pride to lay it down and let people know I struggle. I'm going through this. You know, this was Aaron for a long time. How many years? 36, 35? That's what he wore. That was him. He probably, along with that, felt some of these other things. And he ran the opposite way of God. Raised in church, knew the Lord, knew of the Lord, and still chose to go his own way and do his own thing. Knowing God was real. Running from God. There's the prodigal. And, and as Aaron came to realize the relationship that God wanted to have with him and how he needed to fully surrender his life, that Aaron wasn't defined by everything that goes with that. And he embraced who God says he was, who God says he is, and he understood that I am loved despite this addiction. That I don't have to clean this up as I walk into the church first. God meets me in my mess and blesses me and changes me. So as Aaron, on that Sunday when God finally freed him and he surrendered it all, he starts coming this way towards the Father. What do you think God does? Boom! Oh, yes, Aaron! And he gets rid of that. And that's what it feels like when you surrender and you give your life to the Lord and you come home. That's what it feels like that God just boom and he just hit me with his love and he changed me. And I was able to break those things off of me. Another reality for me, I didn't want to be here. At least the enemy convinced me of that and would put that in my head all the time. I'm telling you, if you struggle with this, stop walking through it alone. And I know this is reality. I'm in youth ministry. I was in youth ministry. I know that's reality for these kids. I know it's reality for people in here, but you don't want to talk about it. And we as a church need to start talking about these things and stop sweeping them under the rug like people don't have issues and problems and start helping them. Some of them don't want to talk about it because they're afraid of being judged and judged in the church. Instead of letting people know, man, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Every hurt, every pain that you have, you're forgiven. Every sin that you're walking in, every addiction, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're running away from God and clinging to, you're forgiven. That God loves you. That there's a place here for you. There's a place in his kingdom for you. If you'll surrender your life and come home. Amen. And come home. And he puts this on us and we can walk around different. Aaron Landreth, when he runs into old friends, man, you were a partier. And Aaron says, yeah, but I'm forgiven. Or somebody else may be, man, you were one of the meanest people around, but yeah, you ought to see I'm forgiven now and God softened my heart so, and it's so big for people. And he changed me. Whatever it is, and I, what really gets me is that we sit in here week after week and we may be struggling with different things, but if you will lay those things down at the feet of Jesus and, and just get over yourself and get under him, 
He will change you. He will change you. And there's no shame in saying, I need to go to the altar. I need to lay some things down. There's no shame in that. And if you, and if you, if you find judgment from people in here, they're the problem. Not you. We all have these things we carry around, even as Christians, that we still may struggle with. And we need to lay them down. We've all wandered off, or maybe right now you're wandering off from what God would have for you. And if you don't know, there's a depth and there's a, a level that you can get to. You don't have to stay where you're at. God wants to take you deeper in things and show you things as you spend time with him. The Holy Spirit is very personable and wants to reveal things to you and, and operate in you and through you. There's, there's, deep, there's a deep place that you can go with God. We don't have to just show up every week and walk out the same. But as we have these things that we're struggling with, Isaiah 53, 6 says, all of us were like sheep that wandered off. All of us. We each had gone our own way, but the Lord gave him Jesus. Lord God gave Jesus the punishment we deserved. And by him dying on the cross for us, there's forgiveness for everything that we're dealing with as individuals. There's a love that looks past all that and says, you're still valuable to me. It doesn't matter what your mom or dad said about you. It doesn't matter what somebody said about you. You are valuable to me and you need to understand the relationship that I want to have with you. And this morning, I want to tell some of you to come home. You said, I've been here every week. I'm telling you to come home. Home is at the feet of Jesus where you can lay those things down that you've come in every single week with and you're struggling. Come home. Whatever emptiness you may be experiencing in life right now, Jesus can fill it. You know, some people are very successful in life and from the outside it looks like they have it all. But those same people will tell you I'm still empty. There's something that's still not right. I know I have this. I know I have the fancy house and the cars and money and everything I can have, and I'm still empty. That's a place that only Jesus and his love can fill. And they have to understand that. That's why they're still empty. And the son in this story, what, another thing I love about it is He's got this apology worked up in his mind and in his head. As soon as I see my dad, I'm going to say all this stuff. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Let me just be a servant. And you know what the dad does? The father in this story, he just ignores it. It's like, uh, <clears throat> let's celebrate. How many of us would have that same, you know, I've got onto my kids. Thankfully, they haven't been too wild yet. I don't plan on letting them be that way. But even if they do, when they come home, not just to your house, when they come back to Jesus, don't throw it all in their face. Embrace them and celebrate that they came to this realization that I need God. Mom, dad, you were right. I need God. I need Jesus in my life. 
doesn't even care about the apology. He just hugs him, kisses him, celebrates him, and throws him a party because my son that was lost. And, and I love in the scripture too that this is the first time he uses this in those three parables. 1524, Luke 1524 says, For the son of mine was dead. We're all going down a path of destruction when we're going opposite of what God has for us. We're spiritually dead. This son of mine was dead and is alive again. From death to life, he was lost and is found, so they begin to celebrate. For praise team, we'll come back up this morning. From death to life. Death to life. Welcome home. If you guys will stand this morning. And I'm just processing between me and God right now how to close this out. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that there are people in here that come every week that you're struggling. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to, you don't have to walk around with that burden all the time. If you will surrender this morning. If you will say, Jesus, take this from me. Forgive me. He will forgive you. He will restore you. He will redeem you. And he will wrap his arms around you. And you can bask in that love this morning. You can bask in his presence. A lot of times, pastors will say, if every head's bowed and every eye closed, but I don't want you to do that this morning. Because if you're ashamed to lift your hand right now and admit that you need Jesus, then you'll probably be ashamed to even speak about him outside of here. Again, no judgment from people in here. If you're going to judge people for admitting that they got a problem, I'm going to pray for you after I get done with this first round. So I'm going to just simply ask. And I want you to throw your hand up and don't be ashamed. I'll be the first one to say, man, I don't have it all together. I still struggle with things. There's things I need to lay down and let Jesus take them because I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. So if you're here this morning, I'm not calling you a prodigal. I'm just saying you're struggling with stuff. Maybe you are the prodigal. You're like, you're just totally running from God right now and you need to come back to him. Throw your hand up. I'm struggling with something. I need to come back to God. Throw it up or high. Don't be ashamed. I'm struggling, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. I need to lay some things down. Lots of hands going up. So as we worship this morning, thank you. As we worship this morning, you may be here and you don't know the Lord as your savior. There's a place for you here. There's a place for you here. Welcome home. Don't walk around with the stuff that you've been dealing with over and over and over again. Get freedom this morning. And they're gonna sing a song that says, I speak Jesus. And that's all it takes. I believe on the name of Jesus. I believe who he says he is and watch things drop off of you. So if you raise your hand, I'm gonna do something a little bit different this morning too. I'm just gonna come lay a hand on you real quick and just speak over you and that's gonna move on down the line. If you just wanna find a place, you're like, I don't want you touching me. Then you just find a place at the altar. You raise your hand, you find a place and you pray about it and you let it go and you come home to Jesus. Amen? Let's sing, let's worship.
you want a touch from the Lord, I'm just going to lay a quick hand on you and speak freedom over you, and I'm going to move on to the next one. All right? Let's worship the Lord this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are. And God, your Holy Spirit, we invite you to do what you want to do in this place right now. We know you're here. And God, I know this word was for people. It's a familiar word, God, but it's also a word that's needed in people's lives right now. Because Father, we struggle. We go through things. Things are hard at times. And Father, we don't want to be running away from you. We want to run towards you in those moments. So right now, God, I just pray for hearts to move for them to step out in faith, not be ashamed to admit that I don't have it all together, that I need Jesus, Father, and then I speak freedom over them, God, as they come back to you. I speak blessing over them. I speak restoration over them, God, that they would come to know you in a new and a fresh way, and those chains and those shackles would break off of them this morning, and God, they would walk out different, different because they encountered you this morning. Lord, we welcome them home, Father. We celebrate as they come home this morning, Father. And we give this to you, Father. We just ask that you work in their hearts and their lives and change people. Because changed people change others. And God, I thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Would you come? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom Shadow
Your 